Welcome to the Chamber Member Spotlight Podcast, where we feature one of our many small business members. As we are aware, small businesses are the backbone to any community. They provide much needed services and products, employ our residents, pay taxes, and give back to our community in a number of ways. We're so glad you joined us today. We know you'll enjoy this episode. My name is Catherine Castro, your host for the Chamber Member Spotlight Podcast. We are super pleased to feature Guam Chamber Member Analista and Co. in the podcast today. Analista and Co. is a company that specializes in custom-made clothing for the individual who wants to make a lasting impression. Norman Analista, the president of Analista and Co., is here with us today. Half a day and welcome, Norm. Half a day, Catherine. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. We're so excited to sit with you and learn more about your company. So let's get started. Tell us about Analista and Co. Okay, well, Analista and Co. was a, a company that I founded back in 2018 to address the needs of people who want custom-made fashion. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us shop at the real great stores that are available in Guam, but mm-hmm. sometimes we run into the issues of, is someone going to have the same thing that I'm wearing? Yeah. Is someone going to have <laughs> maybe not the exact same um, cut, but maybe the same material, you know, right. things like that, yeah. right? So my wife and I um, like to think of ourselves as being pretty unique dressers mm-hmm. and uh, there was a, a part of our lives when we were um, part of the Filipino community. Well, we still are. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I was the president and she was serving as the first lady. And mm-hmm. so we would go to a lot of functions and we were always thinking about, oh, should we wear this or should we wear that? And a lot of the clothes had to be cultural, yes. right? Because we were representing the Filipino community. Right. So there was that aspect of not being able to find styles and designs mm-hmm. that were reflective of that right. so we said to ourselves you know what let's go ahead and try to try our hand at designing and developing custom fashion mm-hmm. that's yeah. fantastic i'm so proud of you norm i mean obviously i've known you for a long long time mm-hmm. and you know seeing you grow and 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 just this venture this new venture has been really so awesome to watch and to see uh, you, you, how it's evolved and of course you know I'm a big fan yeah I love what you're wearing <laughs> I feel like I've always tell myself I want that food I want that food yeah and uh, you know I finally uh, had uh, enough time to say yes. you know reach out to you Thank and you. so yeah so I'm a big fan and I just wanted to you know kind of go into like maybe um who who do you, who is your audience? I know that you know you were talking about maybe you know how this kind of the impetus was yourselves as you were uh, looking for um, uh, attire, yes, right? Yes. Uh, but now that you've you, you know you have started your business, who who is your target audience? Well, we have different product categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talked a little bit about uh, the product range that um, we started getting into. So I'll just kind of break it down from when we first started. Filipino cultural attire. So we started with that. So we naturally had people who were interested in wearing traditional attire for their weddings, Mm. special occasions, um, things like that. And then we also thought about, wait a minute, but there are a lot of people who don't want to dress up all the time. So Mm -hmm. we came up with more of the athleisure kind of clothing. That is so cool. Uh And the athleisure clothing, we know that there are other brands that are also delving into that. So we had to come Mm. up with our own unique flair and spin on things and then we also had folks who were interested in evening gowns Mm -hmm. you know and 
um, even men who want suits and, sure. and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's really diverse. Our our product uh, are diverse. Our target audience is diverse. It's, okay. it's really a lot of what we've been doing these last several years is trying to hone in on who our our target audience is. Uh, and we're we're still learning a lot mm-hmm. as we go along. We've only been in business for about four years, but within this four years, we had two years of the pandemic, right. which yeah. really made it difficult for us to operate the kind of business that we have. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to also ask you that you know you know talking about the challenges, right? And mm-hmm. we'll we'll go back to the pandemic, but you know it's I know I'm pretty sure it's challenging you know to open a, a fashion house, yes. right? Uh, on our island, right? Yes. So can you talk to us about some of those challenges? Sure. Well, one of the major challenges that we have is the availability of materials. Mm. So we used to shop in the Philippines and also import fabrics from places like Korea and China. Mm. And so here on Guam, you know, our, our selections are, are kind of limited, right? right? So that's one issue. The other issue is when we're looking at producing elaborate pieces these gowns these suits you have to have the craftsmanship you have to have the the level of expertise that uh, unfortunately we haven't found on Guam yet so we've had to um, you know work with other designers in the Philippines for example to fulfill orders that we knew for certain we didn't have the workforce to Mm -hmm. develop it here on Guam Mm -hmm. so resources um, talent uh, and it also the fact that it's pretty competitive here. Yeah. We're not only competing with the established retail outlets, but also the other you know local brands that are also trying to, mm-hmm. um, you know, succeed at what they're in and pushing their products out there. So, mm-hmm. um, and Guam is a small island, right? Right. That's right. Uh, so we rely a lot of times on our, our market beyond who are ordering products online. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. So you've got perhaps customers that are worldwide yes right so uh what i i get a kick out of is looking at who purchases your products and how they Mm -hmm. do shout outs to you yeah and those are so (laughs) much fun and these guys are uh, influencers in their own right and and i think that's just so fantastic that you know uh and and a tribute to to the work that you do norm uh that uh, that you have uh, these folks that are influencers from all over the world saying grab yourself yes. an original analyst and co-product. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, that's a little bit of the marketer in myself mm-hmm. that, that knew that. And then in order to establish credibility, you know, you have to have a little bit of social proofing. And sure. the social proofing comes from these folks who have large platforms who mm-hmm. are, as you said, influencers and, uh, you know, folks that people are, are going to trust, you know, yes. what they have to say. Right. So my initial uh, strategy was to make sure that I work with them and make sure that they understand what my brand is about and make sure that they're comfortable pushing the product as well because that's also a reflection of them. Yes, yes, of course. So when you come up with a particular fashion line, Mm-hmm. Right. What is what's your inspiration? <laughs> I mean, you know, when I saw the sushi one, I went. I have to admit that I was like, hmm. Right. And then Jason Asalis wore yes, it. Right. And I'm yes. like, hey, that's pretty good. You know, yeah. it looks cool. Right. Yeah. So what's what's your inspiration? Well, a lot of my inspiration comes from my own personal likes. Okay. And so, 
like the the food dog hoodie that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. I've always been fascinated with the food dog, mm-hmm. and um, you know, very much the same way that Versace has the Medusa head yes. that becomes its brand symbol. Yeah, I knew I wanted to have my own brand symbol, so that food dog that you're wearing mm-hmm. was that. Mm-hmm. But I also thought that okay, beyond that, what other things do I want to capture? And turn into wearable art. Mm-hmm. I love sushi. Mm-hmm. Like I eat sushi <laughs> two, three times <laughs> a <too>. week. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, uh-huh. but you know, sushi in and of itself, they look like tiny little pieces of art. Yes, that's true. So yeah. it's a, it's a little bit quirky, but mm-hmm. it's also pretty, and it's also a nice conversational piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, let me just develop um, this design that involves right. sushi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very cool. I mean. The, uh, the jeepney yes, one was awesome. Thank you. The uh, dragonfly one. I, yeah. I don't know if there was a name for that. But, you know, just kind of like watching you. And, mm. and of course, I, I you know, I, uh, I I love to watch our small businesses, right? So, mm. I, you know, I'm constantly on Instagram looking at folks yes. and, uh, and just seeing what the offers are. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's amazing that there's so much creativity out there. So, you know, kudos to you. And I, I just wanted to pick your brain on what Thank that you. inspiration <laughs> was all about, right? So, yeah. um, so you did, um, do you uh, have manufacturing partners that, um, you know, maybe that you partner up with here on Guam, maybe? Well, you know, here on Guam, uh, we have a a nice network of seamstresses. Oh, cool. That, okay. uh, and they have their own individual shops. And mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners will know what these shops are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I work with them um, in the Compadre Small. There's also a group of seamstresses. Yes. Uh, in Santa Rita, there's a seamstress that I go to. So I, I've, over the years, uh, basically discovered who I want to work with to create uh, mm-hmm. some of these pieces. And you would be surprised that... Um, you know, maybe something that I would wear to a gala was actually sewn in agate. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's because the talent is here, but mm-hmm. of course we have to make certain uh, accommodations, uh, for lack of a better term, to mm-hmm. to work with the resources we have and then also the the skill of the people that we're working with. Right. Yeah, somewhat, somewhat limited. You know, these are not... We're not um, a high fashion atelier in France, right? right so, right, sure. but we're but we're trying our best, and there mm-hmm. are also people here who also need exposure to that kind exactly. of practice. Mm-hmm. So, there. Mm-hmm. How often do people go into their shop and say, "I want you to sew this wedding gown that has beads that look like this, or mm-hmm. a tuxedo that looks like this"? Not too often, right? right. So, yeah. they also haven't been given a chance to expand. Mm-hmm. But for the ones that we have worked with. We've been pretty happy. Right, yeah. right. And that, and that's what's great. And that's what's wonderful about our working here on Guam is that you develop networks and yes. and you promote each other. You know, small exactly. businesses promoting other small businesses, right? Yes. Fantastic. So um, I know that, you know, obviously you, you mentioned earlier that, yes, there are challenges with, um, uh, you know, tailors and with um, uh, the fabric, right? Mm-hmm. So what... What are some of the other challenges that you encountered the very first year that you opened? Like, mm-hmm. how did you get people to purchase your product or to to take you yeah. seriously, yeah. right, as a, as a fashion uh, connoisseur? Exactly. You, your question hit the nail on the head about people taking you seriously. Mm-hmm. Anytime you, you start a new business, uh, there's a certain level of cynicism. Sure. You know, it's like, okay, is this product going to be worth my money? Mm-hmm. Does this product represent something that I don't want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, how long is this product going to last me after mm-hmm. I buy it? So there's all these questions that consumers have in their minds. And it's our job as the new business to 
assure them that their purchase is going to be worth the investment. Right. So that's not something that happens overnight. And it certainly wasn't the case for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I I put up my designs, um, you know, the first week. People were curious. They're like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But they weren't exactly knocking on my door. <laughs> and press I want it. it. I exactly. want that. <laughs> or press it, you know, going into my, my uh, online shop and, mm-hmm. and buying it. You know, it, it took time. Yeah. It took time. And also, you know, a lot of times people see new brands pop up and then disappear. Yeah. So there's also the issue of lasting power. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to buy this shirt, is this shirt going to be a brand that's going to stick around for the long haul? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to be here today and gone tomorrow? Right. And then now you're left with the shirt with the brand that no one really knows, mm-hmm. right? So, so there is that challenge that people, anybody that's wanting to step into this kind of business, they have to be prepared to stick to it for the long haul. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's obviously a huge challenge. And so going back to challenges, and, and, you, and you alluded to it earlier, the pandemic yeah. was a huge challenge mm-hmm. for, uh, for many, many small businesses. Yes. Talk to us about how, how that impacted you. Well, I have a fashion gallery. I call it a fashion gallery in the Tumon Sands Plaza. Mm-hmm. It's very different than maybe a traditional brick and mortar retail mm-hmm. operation like uh, Ross or Macy's where you have racks and racks of clothes. Mm-hmm. I only produce the type of inventory that I think would sell fast or uh, that people would be curious to touch and feel and see if they want to order something like it, right? So um, I, knew, I knew that because people needed to come down and try on clothes and get fitted, that that would be a challenge for us because we were in the middle of the lockdown mm. and people couldn't go out <laughs> and we That's were right. talking about social distancing mm. and all those sort of things. So I, that really impacted my business. But in the same token, uh, because I had an online shop, a lot of my prospective customers were directed to order products that way. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you know, it kind of compensated for it. But nevertheless, there was still impact uh, and lost business opportunities right so how are you you know i mean now that we're kind of ramping back up right are Mm -hmm. you seeing any difference or is it still is still challenging i think it's still challenging and you know i i'm gonna be i guess optimistic but also realistic in that i don't see an overnight change sure but i feel like we are headed in the direction that people are more comfortable um, mm-hmm. spending and they're more comfortable going out right. and buying products and, and, and all that good stuff yeah. right right so certainly we are you know we'll be um, thinking good thoughts and that you know uh, your products are going to be on the on what people are looking for right mm-hmm. on the list of what people are looking for so you know I wanted to ask you you know how does how does your chamber membership benefit you as a company well, there are several benefits that I personally have seen for myself. One is the opportunity to network with people who I not only consider to be my friends, but also prospective customers. Of course. And being a part of an organization like the Chamber enables you to build relationships with these people and to maintain contact mm-hmm. and to also understand what their needs are. Mm-hmm. You know, So if you're going to operate in silos or if you're gonna operate from a distance, how are you gonna know all these things? So for me, I wanna be able to interact with the chamber membership and also to learn from them because a lot of the folks that that are my friends, that are prospective customers, 
are also valuable resources of information. Mm -hmm. And they're also very willing and open to share their thoughts and perspectives mm -hmm. about marketing, mm -hmm. retail, operations, and all these sort of things. And we have conversations like that. Mm -hmm. Some of those happen during the chamber uh, luncheons. Right. Some of these things happen at the other chamber events. Right, right. And it kind of, you know, as a as an entrepreneur and a business owner, right, when you have these discussions, it opens your mind to other opportunities yes. as well, yeah. right? And, and yeah. future collaborations, perhaps, oh, right? Oh, yeah. So, fantastic. So, you know, you've, you've um, run your business successfully for about uh, four years, yes. five years, right? Mm -hmm. So, how, how do you contribute back to the community that supports you? Well, we did a couple of things over the last couple of years uh, that I feel have really provided a certain level of support, but also it's our way of expressing appreciation to our community. Uh, one of the things that we did was we gave a portion of of sales for every hoodie that was sold, and I did it um, as part of my Hoodies for a Cause. Nice. And I partnered up with a professional model based out in New York, mm -hmm. and he took a, a picture in front of uh, an old uh, psychiatric ward, and I sort of linked it to the challenges that a lot of people were facing in the pandemic in terms of their mental health. Yes. So what we did was for every hoodie that was sold, I think it was something like $19. I, I, the exact figure escapes me. But a portion of the hoodies went towards the Salvation Army Guam Corps oh. Lighthouse Recovery Center mm -hmm. and other programs that were designed to help people who are struggling with mental health. Mm -hmm. So we raised about $1,000 for that. Nice. And then the following year, I just wanted to try something different and what we did was we offered more products so beyond hoodies we also had button-ups and shirts and a portion of that went to Catholic Social Services mm -hmm. uh, food pantry Nice. Uh, and so that one was uh, so fashion creative. for a cause. <laughs> oh my gosh Norm, let me hang out with you a little bit more, You're so creative. So. What advice would you offer to anybody that was, you know, a, a budding entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. They're starting from scratch. They've got passion. They've got an idea. Yes. What would you What would you give for them as advice? I know it's going to sound cliche, mm -hmm. <laughs> but but it certainly has rung true for me, mm -hmm. and it's also something that I've heard from other people. You really have to be prepared to make sacrifices, yeah. and if you are really intent in making this work you really will have to commit time, energy, financial resources, mm -hmm. and uh, have to give up certain things that would become distractions to building your, your brand. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've had to deal with. So um, I would tell them, if you're passionate about pursuing this dream of yours, by all means, do your very best to accomplish it. But mm -hmm. you gotta step into this with eyes wide open and do your research, mm -hmm. talk to people, and decide what you can commit to it. Uh, at least have a plan before, you know, just diving into it. Right. Because I admit, part of me was also very uh, gung-ho about doing it without doing my research and, and planning properly. Mm -hmm. That, in retrospect, I tell myself, I should have done this. Right. I should have done that. Yes. You know? yes, of course, of course. Yeah. So, so is this a family affair? In a way it is. So when it comes to women's clothing, my wife really takes the reins in that. I have to admit, I don't know how to design women's clothing, but I don't. I do know what looks good. So I have been, um, you know, 
taken up as like a style consultant for, for some people. Yeah. But I don't nice. uh, design the clothing she does. Mm -hmm. uh, my two children, in the beginning, I wanted them to really be involved and to eventually, you know, at some point, be poised to take the reins. But I don't think that that's going to happen. <laughs> they have their own <laughs> career interests. Sure. Uh, so my son is pursuing a career in engineering and mm -hmm. my daughter in, in human resources. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Maybe they'll circle back and want to help. <laughs> sure. You never know, right? Yeah. You never know. So what is next? What is on the horizon for Analyst 10 Co, Norm? Well, I'm having a lot of fun with the fashion column that I'm writing for the Pacific Daily News. It's called The Tastemaker. Mm -hmm. And um, it gives me an opportunity to talk to people up close mm -hmm. about fashion mm -hmm. at these wonderful events. So mm -hmm. the most recent one was, of course, the Guam Chambers Gala. Had a lot of fun there. Um, and even though I'm not directly um, selling, I'm not pushing mm -hmm. uh, my brand, I'm still able to connect with people and talk to them about fashion. And I'm also able to wear my own designs right. that may mm -hmm. spark their interest and curiosity. And, mm -hmm. you know, if that turns into a prospective customer, that's great. If mm -hmm. it doesn't, at the very minimum, at least we all enjoyed you know, being a part of a wonderful experience and attending right. a, a great event. That's right. That's right. I have to say that I really, I really dug your purple, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what it, what would you call tunic or I'm not sure what that would be considered, yeah. but it was like a hoodie. Yes. And it, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. That was uh, based on one of Prince's looks from the nineties. A lot of people know Prince from his purple rain mm -hmm. rocker days. Right. Mm -hmm. But then there was that area where he was also known as the symbol. Yes. You know? yes so that also right. uh, reflected his change in style. And that was what it, that's what the, I was trying to emulate. Yeah. Very, very cool. <laughs> Thank you so much, Norm. This was My fun. Pleasure. Oh, thank you. My goodness. Well, we appreciate uh, your sending, you're giving us some insights and sharing what it takes to run and operate a sustainable small business on Guam. We encourage our residents to support our small businesses like Analysta & Co. who make a big difference in our community. Thanks again, Norm. Thank you, Catherine. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in and listening to today's show. We encourage you to drop us a note to share your comments on this episode or visit our website or social media platforms. We'd really appreciate your feedback. We look forward to having you back on the Chamber Member Spotlight podcast again soon. If you haven't already heard it, we also have another podcast called The Chamber Biz Box, which features issues and challenges that face our business community. They are both currently available on our YouTube and Spotify, so give it a listen. This is your host, Catherine Castro. Until next time, take good care and make it a great day, Guam.